0: Hey, Queeros, Cami here. This week's episode is a chat with actor and now author Malik Pancholi, whose new book, The Best at It, is for middle grade readers, but sounds awesome, and I can't wait to read it myself. Enjoy. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still I know, I know, I know it's careless. I always have guests introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, hey, I'm Malik Pancholi. You probably Do you want some more than that, or do you just want to name? Mm,
0: it's kind of one of these things where it, different folks... It just is, like, interesting to hear how somebody...
1: Introduces themselves? Introduces
0: themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, I'll bring it. Um, I'm Malik Pancholi. Uh, I'm... I'm an actor. I feel like that's like the obvious stuff. Um, I'm also now a writer. I have a book coming out. I, I will be in a, a published writer in the next few weeks. I have a book that's coming out on October 8th, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I also uh, consider myself an activist at a time where I feel like, you know, there's certain factions that think that that's... Really amazing. there's certain factions that are like, oh, shut up. Like what do you, what do you have to say? But I, I'm an activist. I served on a commission under um, President Obama for a while so and got my feet wet in in that world. And I do a lot of anti-bullying work. And what else can I tell you? I'm I'm married. I've been in a relationship for 15 years, which is so what? nuts. Yeah. We were wow, I, s- I was gonna
0: start with activist and and talk about that, but 15, but now let's talk about this for a moment. Okay, You've been in okay. a relationship for fifteen years.
1: Fifteen years, isn't that nuts? Two thousand four, we met on uh, on wow. Fire Island. Wow, a place where you're not supposed to meet your future husband. I mean, it's like that's not why you go there.
0: I've seen but the reality I did. show. That did not you, seem to be what oh. it was about. Um.
1: Yeah. I, I, Well, maybe I shouldn't. I saw one episode. <laughs> I will say this. My relationship with Fire Island, for any of your listeners who have been there, has certainly changed over time. I mean, when I first – when I met my husband, it was my first time going there. I got off that boat. I saw like a million men in Speedos. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I'm going to have some fun today. And then I met the man uh, who I ended up marrying. What were you wearing? Were you also wearing a Speedo? I'm not going to. I mean, it was long enough ago that I had. um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We went here so fast. I had uh, I did have a I did have a Speedo on and uh, over it. I had another bathing suit on. (laughs) And then, about like two hours into the pool party, the oversuit came off. Had you, <laughs> so I had I had a costume change. Had
0: you worn a speedo in public before? Like no, I'm, no. This, this is actually really interesting shit. I know. Th- yeah. Like because. And, um, and I don't think
1: I've worn a speedo in public since. since. To be honest, Got it was it. like it was like today's my day to go crazy. It worked, I guess. So do you remember you what go. color it was? Yeah. Okay. You just. You're, we're going to talk about this for a whole hour. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think it was black, but I feel like the sides were uh, like, had like a silver stripe that was somewhat meshy. Oh my God. They were oh, my so, God. so inappropriate.
0: <laughs> well, you know, here's why I ask all
1: these questions, because
0: okay. that to me is a bit of a rite of passage moment. You know, a, a lot of times when I've been, Um, like I actually have never been to Fire Island, but let's say Hmm. like Provincetown or something where there's a community of gay men that are like, it's a, there's a pickup vibe and it's the summer. Um, -hmm, mm -hmm. the, like the bathing suits that are on patrol, it's, that's a whole thing. Like (laughs) what people are marching around in is.
1: Yeah. You'd never wear it to the, to the local swimming pool. You'd never.
0: I mean, maybe in LA because everything here is like (laughs) way too much all the time. Um. But it does feel like, you know, especially, I don't know how old you are, but I mean, I feel like that's still the same generation in that men were expected to wear like giant bathing suits, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at a time when you would have been at a pool party, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, down to teenage your years. It's like, it literally like, it starts at your neck, it goes to your ankles, like that's the size <laughs> bathing suit that you're expected to wear, you know? And so I think about, um how specifically gay a Speedo is. And unless also like I was a competitive swimmer. So there's like dudes that are doing that and they're also shaving right. their legs and everything. But that right. also had a whole... um Those weren't... They sort of got a pass in high school and stuff, but it's uh-huh, not like uh-huh, it was... For being athletes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even that, it's not like it was like so cool to be Is a that guy right? who wore a Speedo. Not where I not where I'm from. Like
1: not even on the swim team. Cuz I feel like I mean I, mean, I don't it was remember fine, all this but, but I, it
0: wasn't cool. Like it was fine. Yeah. I mean I feel
1: like it was just like part of part of the sport yeah. right for I mean I wasn't on the swim team even though I know I look like I could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's a joke. Um but I uh, Yeah, I can you know I did a play uh, a couple of years ago down in DC. It was an all male production of the taming of the shrew. And I played Kate, the Shrew, down at the Shakespeare Theater. And it was like full drag. Um and I shaved my legs.
0: How was that? I actually,
1: I actually, like in the beginning, I kind of shaved my whole body because we were like kind of in these weird outfits. And then towards the end of the run, I got lazy and I was like, eh, if someone sees a chest hair, <laughs> who cares? But uh, but uh, you know what? It was I like it's it's just it's an interesting thing because it it. It what like the women on the crew and uh, in the costume shop had to like give me advice, which I thought was so interesting is like, well, I don't know why that's interesting, but, but it, 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 there's definitely like, I mean, it's a very gendered sort of thing. So when you talk about like the swim team, I, I can imagine that even if it is for a sport, if you're a straight man or if you're in high school and you're trying so hard to be straight that like mm-hmm. to do that would be. Um,
0: yeah, it's a whole thing.
1: Be something. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. thing. My legs felt great, by the way. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I was like, wow, these are, (laughs) I can touch these. Like,
0: (laughs) I think this is a really, all day long. (laughs) I I love all discussions in this. Well, I think also body hair is a really interesting discussion for queer folks because there's Mm -hmm. obviously the binary expectation that exists for like straight cis men and women. And we all know what that is. And then there's like, okay, well, I don't fall into that. So, wait, I get to make this decision on my own sort of a thing. But mm-hmm. I might still have preferences that were created by culture. It's like, like I, I still love shaving my legs. For a lesbian, that actually is like, that's almost radical. That's almost gone back around, and it's like,
1: oh, oh. Uncool,
0: you know what I mean? Where it's like, if I was maybe the coolest lesbian, maybe I would have like a lot of leg hair. You know, like it's it's <laughs> it's very hella- it's we're yeah. all just dealing with d- breaking. Wait, norms so that's
1: and- that's what's cool now is to have a lot of like hair. You're saying that that's come back around from an earlier time.
0: I think it's come back around in terms of cultural expectation in the community. I don't uh-huh. know um yeah, I mean I think there's like a kind of a punk rock element to it that if like for instance if you go to uh if it's a if it's the equivalent of Fire Island but it's like women and non-binary folks, you're going to see a lot of natural body hair. And then uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then me and I'm I wear like uh men's well Actually they're women's trunks, but they're like they look like board shorts or whatever, and then like a bikini top. Um but I have like cute, no leg very hair. Very cute. So anyway, it's I'm oh, I'm right, wearing the shorts right. that you took off.
1: Yes, exactly. But, and then my over shorts. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you remember the moment where you decided like I can actually do this? I can wear this uh, speedo now.
1: You know what's funny is so I mean I was definitely not um it's really funny because my husband and I, we, we we tell this story in like certain audiences. So there are parts that I might have to hold back. I just saw Scott adds its name like sketched into <sighs> the table over here. We, we did 30 Rocks together for like seven years. It's so funny. Sorry, not to distract. Maybe I'm trying to distract. But there's yes, you know, like part, <laughs> parts of the story that maybe I won't tell. But I was going to say that I feel like there's a moment of being in this In this, we went, so my friend took me to Fire Island. There was a pool party that my husband's share house happened to be hosting. And my friend was friends with someone else in the house. And we got to this party and there was just such a sense of like everyone who's was who they could be and like anyone could be themselves, I guess. And you know, it's kind of I think what what you're talking about, about like on this, in this place, the rules of everyday life sort of disappear and people get to be a version of themselves. That's maybe, maybe it's who they really are, but it's also like, you know, and I think for me, it's like a heightened sense of like, oh, I can be a little daring and it's okay. And so I think it was that, you know, maybe a drink or two in as well, but I feel like it was like, oh, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna hop in the hot tub with everyone and everyone else is in a Speedo, then I could take the over shorts off you know and I kind of knew that because obviously I had dressed in that way (laughs) Right. so there was some planning that that went into it but I think I don't I I wonder now that we're talking about it if you know if if it had been a very mellow sort of you know I don't know people in like linen pants and flip flops (laughs) thing maybe I wouldn't have taken them off (laughs) you know it would have been my secret
0: (laughs) that's actually really cool I I love that I love the um, I think you're talking a little bit about the sort of freedom that comes sometimes in like a heightened queer space. Cause I think we talk a lot about like how that creates competition and like body shaming. Like we talk a lot about sort of Mm -hmm. the negatives of that vibe, but you're right. Also when everybody's sort of able to like out queer each other there, there's also, there's a (laughs) lot of space in that, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can be if it's not linen pants and instead it's just like tons of speedos that, that creates a lot of space.
1: Well, we I mean we still go back. We we were just out there in um in early August actually just for a few days, for a week actually. And I you know, you walk around that island now and there with all the hurricanes we've had, it's there's a sense that it's potentially and I I don't have facts on this, but that it's potentially slowly disappearing. I and mean, it's a tiny barrier island out there. But that place has such an such an incredible history too, I think for the gay community for you know, for decades, and kind of what it meant to the AIDS crisis, and what it meant post the AIDS crisis, and so to me, like there is—I actually don't—I think I've been to maybe—I don't think I've ever done a circuit party out there, actually. You know, like that—that's not what it's uh, about for me. But there is a sense of community, and I think a. Like, you know, it's a beautiful place where you can kind of be different for a week. You can be really comfortable in your skin. And, and there is body shaming, but I got to say there's, like, bodies. There are people being themselves that don't have, like, the perfect chiseled body either. You know what I mean? There's a sense of freedom, I think.
0: That's great to hear. Yeah. Here's a question. I never been
1: to P-Town, but I'd like to go.
0: Oh, um, <clears throat> it's, it's really awesome. P-Town is... I've had a lot of different experiences there. I first went when I was in college and my first girlfriend and I went, like her family used to vacation on the Cape. And Mm -hmm. so P-Town was like part of their family vacation, but sort of as, it's funny because I really think straight, Murph, what is happening? (laughs) I really think straight folks, I really think straight folks can, it's very strange. I've even seen it since then. I feel like straight folks can tell themselves like that the artist colony sort side of Provincetown is like just as important as the queerness. Like, cause there are a lot of people who live out there. Like the people who live out there year-round, I think are Portuguese. I think there's a really strong Portuguese population. And then they're artists, and they're people who don't mind being like battered by the elements because it's like very shooting into the, my dog is just going to bark at nothing. Um <laughs> Because it's like really up into the ocean. Like if if shit's going to go down, if there's like a big storm and stuff, you're like, you're on your own kind of vibe. So it's like this hardy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. group of artists that have chosen that. But then it is fucking gay as shit. It is mostly <laughs> gay. It is mostly gay. And- yeah. Um, it's gay in the street, you know, in a way that feels really like everybody's walking. Everybody, I think this is the same as, as Fire Island, but everybody, um, not everybody, a lot of people stay locally. And so they're just like walking around downtown. There aren't, there, there's not a lot of car traffic. It feels mm-hmm. like if the Pride Parade was like deconstructed and over many, many days, like there's no <laughs> urgency. It's, um... I think it might be what straight people feel like in the world, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, right. Like, just you're around just like, freely.
0: Yeah. You're just like getting sandwiches, but you're gay. You know, like that's right, what's going right, on right. and everything. Um, <laughs> no
1: urgency. That's There's totally right. no urgency.
0: Yeah. But yeah. it feels as concentrated. It's like that concentration, or not like quite pride pride concentration, but- um, the next street over from the parade, where there's like the parade uh-huh, route, and then uh-huh, there's the next uh-huh. street over where everybody's got weird beads and it looks Stopping exhausted. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that. Um, yeah. It's really cool. I here's a question that I just don't. I'm making some assumptions here. Um, Fire Island, <sighs> mostly white, the people vacationing there.
1: Um, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that. I I mean, uh, I think like many. Like vacation spaces that I go to, right. that or that I've been to. Um, well, that's not true. Obviously, in another country, it's different. But uh, yeah, I think I. I mean, I think I do think that the island is diverse, but I do feel like the over art. There, there is a culture of like that overarching, especially when talking about like physical body types, of. Um, you know, an athletic white, uh, like the Chelsea boy thing. It's funny to say Chelsea boy because I feel like gay ground central in Manhattan has shifted a little bit. You know, it's not it, like it's Hell's Kitchen now. I think. I think I live in Brooklyn, but sure. <laughs> but I, so, I, but it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, there is. I will say, like, I don't know where you're headed with this, but I'm just going to jump off anyway. But I feel like as a person of color in spaces like that, I always feel like there's a double sort of thing, which is. You know, I'm not a I'm not a huge like built guy anyway, and then I'm also of a different skin color. So in terms of that whole like body image thing and kind of what's valued, mm. um, or at least at least my perception of what's valued in terms of um that hookup culture can in the past. I mean, now I'm in like a relationship, so it's it's great, but but has it can be It has been challenging in the past. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was, I was going to ask sort of, and it's very, it's very on the topic that you were just discussing, but, you know, it's a vacation destination where you would be part of the majority or like able to relax because there's so much queerness around. And then here's this other identity that you also carry that might make that relaxation just different. That's kind of what I was going to ask. Like, do you feel that you can, um, you know, is that a space where you can chill the fuck out, or or do you yeah. feel like a an other <clears throat> person there?
1: Well, it's like I'm. I do chill out now, but it's also interesting because there's like historical stuff too, and I'm curious how what this is like for you. Because what is your what is your background?
0: Well, I'm actually just straight up Italian, but I have a very Italian. Uh, I have a very Latina sounding last name. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah, is yeah. not. Um. When I first moved to LA, I. <laughs> I was just hustling for, like, any stand-up spot I could get. And I was booked at the improv here on a Friday night. And I didn't know till I got there that it was refried Fridays, which was, like,
1: oh, no, it was no.
0: for um, an audience that actually, like, the comics were speaking half in Spanish. You know, like, oh, it was this God. really interesting night of, like, very cool shit. Like, the audience was there <laughs> expecting, right. you know, there's, like, a...
1: That title, I think there was though, like a um, Mexican flag
0: in the background of the poster. Like I show up and suddenly <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, a mistake has happened." You know, not because I don't want to be there, but because like when I got introduced, they were trilling the R. You know, like like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, keep it up for Cameron Espar. You know, it's like, or, or I mean, were, you know, like Cameron. Uh, it's like, uh, it was. And then I got up and was just like, um, "I'm actually a white person. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I I do have a few jokes about things, but I'm so I'm um, such a white person." Um,
1: that's so. It was funny. amazing. It
0: really was. Like, God bless them. The yeah. audience tried really hard, but they were. You know, everybody gets to have a space. This was. Totally. I was very much a visitor in this space. Everybody
1: gets to eat refried beans. My
0: unilingual <laughs> self was not. Was not as cool.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, so what I was going to say was I think there's also, like, there's a prevalence in Indian culture to value fair skin. There's actually, like, products in the marketplace, like, fair and lovely, which is supposed to be – it's like a skin lightener. And I've heard uh, that there's, like, one specifically designed for men now, and I forget the name of it. But I – like culturally, I feel like my parents are actually pretty good about this because they're pretty progressive around things like this. But I feel like culturally, I was also kind of raised with that thing of um, don't stay out in the sun too long. You don't want to get too dark. You know, I don't. I don't oh, even know where it was wow. coming from. I feel like it was sort of like just culturally. Like maybe you'd hear it from like friends or distant relatives or whatever. And so I grew up. I did like junior high and high school in Tampa, Florida, which is like mm-hmm. you're in the sun all the time. And so. I mean, I had that thing when I was a kid, and and I, and I've put a little bit of this, of this in, into the book that I wrote because the book is for uh, a middle grade audience, like middle schoolers, and that was that was like what I was doing middle school. But I, um, I had this weird thing where I wanted to be more white, so I wanted my hair to be lighter, and I wanted my, my sorry, i sorry, yeah, when my hair to be lighter and my skin to be lighter as well. And the way to make your hair light was like. At the time, like, all the girls in our class were putting sun in in their hair. And yes. I was too embarrassed to ask my mom to buy me sun in. So I heard that, like, lemon juice was an alternative, that you put lemon juice in your hair. So yep. I would literally, like, put lemon juice in my hair and sit outside in the sun, but then, like, try to cover <laughs> my body from, like, my head down so I wouldn't be darker. So, So it's interesting because there's – then you go to, like, a beach vacation place where all anyone's doing is laying on the beach, and so there, there's the thing of wanting to fit in, like all these sort of gorgeous bodies, most of which, you know, we've been trained, I think, through media to to really love the white bodies and the way they tan in a certain way, and all of that stuff, and. Um, so not even not having that and then also being like, hey guys, like I know this is a five day vacation, but I can only do two hours on the first day and then right. like now we're on second or I'm gonna be a different color. And now, you know, now as a, as an adult, I'm like I'm much better about that. I also now understand that like tan lines fade. So like get as dark as you can in those five days and then get out because you're you know it's gonna go away and the summer's gonna end and you live in New York and it's gonna be winter and you're gonna be pasty soon enough. So <laughs> but yeah, there's I think there's a lot of you know, like layered things around that, I think.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing all that really specific <laughs> stuff. I, that makes a lot of sense to me, especially thinking about like the prototypical dude that would be sitting, that would be out there. And it is that like, sort of like, that like, it's like this like stretched skin because there's so many muscles <laughs> underneath. But like, it's, right. it's like stretched and like, and like, uh bronzed, like specifically that word. Uh Like it uh has been this very active thing that, um, also denotes like leisure, which means like, I've got like money and time to work on myself and all of the things that go with that and how different that is from what you're talking about. Yeah. Is um, Is there
1: a version of that in the lesbian community?
0: You know, that's a a really good question. Oh, I mean, definitely like a body type, but I don't know. I feel like there's two different things going on, but God, I hope listeners correct me if this is, you know my perception and if it's in, if it's inaccurate in some way. Um, I think that there's like a heavy focus on sort of like the sporty, sportiest mm-hmm. body type, like when megan rapino uh, she was just in, I think like the body issue or something after after being at the World Cup, and it's like she's wearing like nothing. Her body is, right. <laughs> um, is nuts because she, yeah. because her job is to run
1: <laughs> right. all right. day
0: every day, um, <laughs> she, she, and
1: she does like hit training all the time. Yeah, <laughs> she, so I think like yeah.
0: that. I think there is, I think that that sort of like slender but muscular um, body type is really. Sort of the prototypical. If I think about a pool party, or if I think about like what um, what folks would want, especially like small breasts, like that's one thing that like if you have like, and especially mm. if you're like on the masculine side of the spectrum, there are so many um, masculine women who mm. have large breasts, and it's a whole thing trying to figure out what to do with that. Like I do, for instance, I have to wear fucking uh, like I can't I can't wear I have to wear a bathing suit with cups in it because like. It's just going to be a problem. Otherwise, do you know what I'm even talking about? No, when I say wait, cups? Have to,
1: wait, wait. Because your breasts are too small. No, <laughs> they're, too they're too they're big. They're too big. <laughs> Let's talk about
0: breasts. Uh, they're too big. No, okay. I'll wait, descri- I thought
1: cups made things bigger.
0: Well, I'll describe the bathing suits that I'm talking about, and you'll, I think you'll know what I mean. So, like, okay, there's a bathing okay. suit that's just, it's just a triangle. Like, it's a bikini top. It's just oh, right. a triangle, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like uh, unstructured. So everything's going to be going all over the place. Jiggly. So if you have a certain type of size breast and especially if you're a lesbian it's like you actually don't want stuff to go all over this place because you're kind of like i'm in charge like that's the whole vibe I'm so what you're trying to breasts. do is like keep it in you know like and so it's like a more of like a like a police academy something oh, i don't even know what gosh. i mean by that but i so i think that it's trying to figure out what to wear on top a lot of folks wear like almost like something that would look more like a sports bra that's one thing
1: um uh-huh, uh-huh. or
0: like a rash guard you know do you know what a rash guard is like it's that thing Thing you wear for surfing that's like a t-shirt um yeah, yeah, yeah or folks would wear um yeah like i wear it looks like a bra so like it has like underwire in it and that's yeah. just to keep it's like we're in the places you want us to be. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I think that that is uh, I think bathing suits mm. are really fucking complicated actually yes. for queer, for queer women and for and for non-binary folks because then it's like oh my gosh. what am I doing with the body parts that like I'm not necessarily trying to accentuate. I'm not sure if I I mean I've been to pool parties where like folks are wearing um like no top, you know, hmm. and just have like Boobs around. And I've had how,
1: how do they control them?
0: Well, I mean, then there's different size boobs. And so maybe you don't even need to be controlled. Or maybe you're on the side of then I'm saying there's also like this other sort of like crunchy lesbian that's like <clears throat> oh, the, totally. the right, lesbian right, right. that I'm talking about who's like, she's got like they or she had the body hairs going on, mm-hmm. and then like some sort of fucked up haircut. I sort of fall on the fucked up haircut um side of things. I mean, and your then hair-
1: your hair is amazing. Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah. But I don't it's know like, how
1: you get it to stay.
0: Like oh, that. Uh, tons of product, lots of product. <laughs> <laughs> and like a very specific washing schedule. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, anyway, just I think, I think that person is also doing like a fuck the patriarchy thing. And that can mean like, that can mean, that can mean anything. That can mean like <laughs> swimming in like whatever fucking full pants you know like khakis <laughs> like i just think i just think for gay men it's like the 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 ideal is so specific and narrow mm-hmm. and yeah. i think for queer women um race certainly still plays a huge factor but There's a lot of different expressions because I think there's a lot of different ways folks are fighting back against the different shit that's going on.
1: Like to be the
0: the gay man that we're talking about is like, he's the most masculine man, right? And so he's actually like, he's actually merging with patriarchy like that. Like he's not like, fuck the patriarchy. He's like, here I come. Like, (laughs) like I'm bigger and tougher than you, straight man. But I think for women and non-binary folks, it's, like, it's just pushing back against a lot of different things.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I feel like, I feel like the kind of need to fit in probably exists a little bit more. I do think gay men, like, you know, now there's, not now, I mean, they've existed forever, but there's, you know, like, there's a faction of, like, where hairy guys are in or Mm -hmm. bears are in or otters or, like, I mean, I I don't even know. I don't even know what i am honestly. i
0: think you're an otter come on can't we be honest oh. with ourselves
1: you what did you, you say
0: i think you're an otter don't you think oh
1: really yeah, i don't I, know i'm, I'm actually I, like pretty hairy and i'm thin i think i mean I'm like,
0: I'm, i think you are thin and i'm i just noticed that you do have hair on your wrists yeah i mean i get to be the one <laughs> you that can decides. see that over
1: a skype screen
0: it's very nice
1: thanks but yeah. i mean you know that like that's another thing like isn't it as an in indian i mean there's Indian men who are not hairy, I guess, but like as an Indian man, like that was another thing. Like, like body hair. There was it's a, a moment thing. I think in gay culture it was like no body hair anywhere. Then there was a moment where it was like no, everybody's got to have body hair again. Yeah. I was like, this is just you know, like it's so much work. It's <laughs> <This is> exhausting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even get to the part, and I want to come back to what we're talking about, but we didn't even get to the point, part where sun in <clears throat> or lemon juice will mm-hmm. also, on your hair, create a whole other <laughs> slew of reactions that may oh not have been what you were going for. Like, if you're like, going for I, lighter hair... Yeah. I'm not sure what the result was
1: actually. I mean, amazingly, it didn't do anything. I mean, it's probably sort of like so. <laughs> it's probably like I was so young, my hair was like, "There's uh... no like, fuck you. This is not going to change." I think, but it. it I also I. Was literally like using, you know, my mom had one of those, um, those like lemon squeeze that like a, it looks like a lemon, but you squeeze lemon juice out of it to put on food. Yeah. Like I was just like literally <gasps> putting that in my oh hair, my God, and sitting yes. outside.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And
1: I would literally dream up things like if I cut a hole in a box, I could just have my hair sitting out because I mean that's how, you know, that's how, like I can laugh about it now, but that it it's insane and it's like so sad in a way that that, um, not. Like, I'm fine. But it's, I think, the more we talk about this, the less fine. It's okay. I, you can be, sure you can be both but fine
0: I, and have trauma around this.
1: Both things can totally, be true. Both but, I, but Yes, but I, but I think about, like, other kids who go through that. Like, I feel like I had mm. healthy outlets, like, including the arts, to to be able to be expressive and, and be myself. But I, I think about, like, if I was thinking that, and I had, like, a pretty supportive family, and, and uh, I think I'm pretty intelligent, you know, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I, ju- I just feel like, I hope there's out there are people out there to talk to kids to be like, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Like you're good just the way you are, you know?
0: Is that why the book is aimed at the specific audience that it is aimed at?
1: Yeah, Age I think wise? so. I think so. I mean, it's also, um, you know I did, I did voices on a number of cartoons and so I mm-hmm. got to interact with like young fans and I kind of saw the the power of media on them and like just how great they are and and um <clears throat> how um I don't even know like how I think how open they are in a way, and I was like, "Oh, I feel like this is a space I can have an impact in." And then I, I served on this commission at the White House, and when we, the commission was, uh, it was the President's Advisory Commission on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. And while I was there, we we did these listening sessions around. I was focusing on anti-bullying work, which I which I continue to do. I have um, we we created a campaign there called "Act to Change." And we've moved it outside of the White House, obviously, for obvious reasons, because it's an anti-bullying campaign wow. to protect brown people and Muslim kids and um, Asian kids. And But uh, as part of that, we did these listening sessions around the country where I got to interact with all these kids. And I was like, oh, this is a space where I feel like I could have an impact. And I like it. I read a bunch of um Bunch of books in the young adult and middle grade space, and I was like, I really like these voices. I like the, I like the kinds of stories being told, um, and also like as a first time novelist, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't have to write like, <laughs> I don't have to think of really deep <laughs> sentences with really big words and like, you know, like floral metaphors. I can just kind of tell a great story. I think, um, I do. I mean, I think the writing. Uh, did turn out really really well but but for real like I think if you're writing an adult novel man you got to have a different skill set than than writing for for younger people but but yes it was important to me the book's about um, a 12 year old gay Indian American kid uh, who thinks he has to prove himself in order to be accepted and so he sets out off on, on this mission to find the thing that he's the best at the book is called the best at it and over the course of the book he um, uh, He fails in a number of things, and he gets really close to something. I won't tell you if he succeeds or not, but he does learn that he has to accept himself. And and you know, I kind of leave it open at the end of the book as to whether this kid kind of understands that being the best is about like being the best version of yourself, but that he does come to an acceptance around his sexuality and and his culture, and, and you know, also what I really like about that age group is the writing tends to be aspirational in a way. You know, like it's like part of what you want to do is model good behavior for young kids. You want to model something that that can be. And so the ending of the book, I think, is really, really beautiful and really, really fun. And um, and yeah, I wanted to create a story where we could say, like, here's a version of the world that would be a little bit better than the version so many kids go through.
0: Wow, that's so awesome. I, first of all, nice. this is just neither here nor there. I'm also saying it so that <laughs> Jordan... Can hear. I want I would like to. Will you will someone send me a copy of this book or slash I'll buy it? Oh my but, gosh. But Jordan, will you ask them to send me a copy of this book? <laughs> so I can actually
1: read it. Done, I'm so sad they didn't send it to you before. Well, we'll it's we'll it's it okay. It. Yeah. We
0: got this um
1: yeah, it all came down scheduled. So like yeah.
0: Sort of a, yeah, sort yeah. of, but yes. Um absolutely. Um that being said, I recently read. Well, I listened to the Harry Potter series for the first time, and oh, you
1: listened to it audiobook. Yeah, I did. Wow, good for you! Oh my
0: god, it is so fucking good. Their audiobooks are so good. When do you so listen?
1: Good. When do you listen to audiobooks? Driving? Um. Or
0: hiking around or like before going to sleep and stuff like that. I was also, you know, like it's like I'm traveling to do stand up and it made me feel like Mm -hmm. I had like a buddy with me. But um, anyway, (laughs) this is just neither here nor there. But like having, I missed them. I missed all of them when they first came out. And then I was listening to them like, I don't know how to explain this to anybody, but she's like a good writer. I felt like, do (laughs) you ever like 20 years after the fact have the realization that a cultural phenomenon deserves to be a cultural phenomenon? Like this, this shit is going to catch fire. Like, she's actually like – like, her turn of phrase is amazing. It's awesome how she, like, summarizes the paragraph at the end. I hope I feel someone like, discovers yeah. her. I just feel like, wow, she's, like, a good writer. I just didn't – I don't know why I didn't – I, for some reason, did not expect that she was a good writer, that that oh was part gosh. of it.
1: Well, like, I'm the I just, worst. I read the first book, and I loved it, and I saw the movie, and then I don't know why I didn't read the rest of them because I know they're amazing. And everyone's like, you got to read them. And now the thing – like, my editor's like, hey, when you – because I'm going to start doing school visits in, in a month when the book comes out – And she's like, the thing you're going to have to know is which house... which Harry Potter house you're in and which Harry Potter house all your characters would be in because that's all middle school students are talking about and I'm like I'm like i googling this stuff now like I'm literally googling what's a Hufflepuff
0: (laughs) I mean is that what you think because I was going to say for you Ravenclaw Um, Ravenclaw? which is not an insult it's not an insult it's really see because Gryffindor is like the most you know that's the one Harry's in so then everybody's like oh that Uh, but then there's also like the most evil one Slytherin so it's like oh that but I think that those other two the Hufflepuff of claw. They really get underserved in culture compared <laughs> Tell to me, how good are, they are the in the characteristics.
1: Book. Everyone who's listening to this already knows, but what are the char- what are like the basic characteristics of the Hufflepuff No, I mean
0: Well, I think of Huffle I mean please again I can't believe two times on this podcast. One time I've described the ideal lesbian. The other time I've described <laughs> the characteristics of two houses of Harry Potter. I am in I am in dangerous waters. You're gonna be shot out. Um, but here's what in <laughs> well, yeah, my mind is that. the difference is- between a Hufflepuff and a Ravenclaw. A Ravenclaw is like a more sort of like serious, studious. Person and a Hufflepuff uh-huh, uh-huh, is like uh-huh. a lighter, flightier person. They both have great characters in them. Um, yeah, but you're so smart and well-spoken. Not that Hufflepuffs aren't, but I Thanks. feel like you're truly a Ravenclaw. Like that's okay. what I really okay. believe.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I'm, like done. My work is done. I'm gonna go to my <laughs> first school thing. And be like, guys, I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Standing <laughs> ovation. 150 copies of the book sold. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's what I think about books on tape. Is like. Um, I have only tried to do it once. Well, mm-hmm. I, so I recorded the audiobook of my book, which, by the way, that is, like I have such a respect now for. It's so,
0: it's so hard, narrators.
1: Right. It is so hard. I was so tired at the end of every day, and it's like a six-hour day. It's not even like a full work day. And right. I was like, <gasps> I was like, I did D. And yes. Like, but listening to them, um, I tried to listen listen to one. This is actually really funny. I tried to listen to Martin Short's like recent autobiography.
0: Oh.
1: Because we were doing a play together, and just do right. that in there. This was like a few years mm-hmm. ago, and I. So I was like, I'm going to listen to this, and I was driving somewhere, and I was like, I'm going to have an accident because I feel like if you listen to the news or music, you can kind of go in and out, but you're really focused on the road. But with the book, I was like, I'm really like I, even now, just like remembering, it, I'm leaning to the right, like I was leaning towards That's so funny. the radio. <laughs> <laughs> to like hear all the words and I was like, I can't do it. So I just like, that was the only audio book I've uh, ever tried to listen to. <laughs> I think
0: that they can be really nice as like it, when you're in a mode where you feel like you want a companion. Like like for instance, hiking or walking or traveling. I listen to them on planes a lot um, mm-hmm, or like making mm-hmm. breakfast in the morning. Those are like moments where maybe some people would have a TV on. So it's not necessarily yeah. a replacement for music. It's a replacement for TV. TV. I think that's the TV. answer to your that makes question. Sense. To your, Thank you. Um, but I also feel like um, I'm really glad that you read the audiobook. And again, these are things that we don't necessarily talk about because you're going to be the right person to also voice this story. You know, something that I don't know that we always discuss is like, okay, so like, yes, I... Your experience so far in what I've heard makes it make sense that you're the person who wrote this book. But then it it would matter also, as is traveling into some kids' ears, mm-hmm. that you're the person who voiced it. Like because of <clears throat> lived experience. Also because of whatever queerness might exist in your voice, which – we don't mm-hmm. talk about in a positive way, totally, but like no, we I don't a,
1: I don't talk about it in a po- I like hate listening to myself really? like this. yeah, like and I, and I think some of that is that old, you know, like being told you sound gay, whatever that means. I mean, I, I even watched that that I can't remember anything about it now, but I watched that whole documentary about right. sounding gay. like it's a thing. It's a thing. like it's it's very easy for me to listen um to myself on television. I don't even know what that is because I'm not consciously talking different, but I, differently, but I, um, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it, there's so much like self, I think, I do think most people don't like the way their voices sound when they hear them. And I think it has something to do with the way we hear ourselves versus like, you know, near our ears versus like distance. But I do... But we're talking about something different, obviously.
0: Well, that's yeah. a, that's interesting to me because I know you have done work in animation. So mm-hmm. if you don't have your face to go with it, is it hard for you to watch that stuff? Like if because it's because no. it's coming out of
1: some cartoon, mouth. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I keep playing like prepubescent children in anima- <laughs> animation. Like I, it did uh, Baljeet, Phineas and Ferb, who's like I think when I feel like when they. When I booked it, they were like, he's like seven, which doesn't really fit with the show. But we made him so young. And then I did a cartoon called Sanjay and Craig right. for a long time. And that kid was like 12. And so my voice was pitched a lot higher. But I will say even reading this book, because this character is also 12, the lead of the book. And it is my story, but it's also it's very fictionalized. Like the It's a lot drawn from my experience, but it's also fictionalized. But one of the things we did when we read the book was we pitched it up a little bit. Like we mm. we had, we were like, we didn't want the um, the parts in quotes where he's actually speaking to sound so different from his internal thoughts. Mm. So we, so, and that's, you know, that is the kind of thing I think what you're talking about, about, like the right person to voice the story. Like we we did a lot of thinking in, about accents, like. You know, the fact that his parents were born in India, but have lived here for a long time. His grandfather's in the story and just moved to India a few years ago. I also have, um. there's a kid at the school that he's afraid to associate with, who's an Indian kid who his family just moved here two years ago and he has an accent. It's something that the kids make fun of at school. And this all, by the way, this may, I feel like I'm talking about this book like so dark. It's actually like very funny. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like dealing with really big stuff, but it, he's like a really positive kid who gets into these crazy situations. And like the characters are, I think, very, very f- funny. But we want to, you know, I wanted to be careful. And I don't, I do think that um, Harper Collins and like my director and if there had been a different actor i I do think that people are trying to do right in the world, but it was nice to have input into that and to like um to be able to make those judgment calls in a way that felt true to me for the for the book
0: yeah I mean I just think it I think it I think it matters. I mean obviously for some of the stuff that you're talking about, accent wise uh-huh. I, that clearly requires like some cultural experience um mm-hmm. but i also think it matters that we you know that we hear ourselves like the, the same way that it matters that we see ourselves because how like how on earth could you ever feel positively about mm-hmm. your voice if we only think that like sort of queerness should be um removed from everything all the time i think i have a very gay voice <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's, we don't talk about it for women, um, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I do. And I actually, it, I think it like, it benefits me a lot actually. Um, hmm. because there are some women who, um, who might identify as queer, who might have a higher voice and like shit like that is how you do continue to deal with, like, a deluge of attention from men, for instance. You know, it's, like, Uh this is, like, just one tiny way that I'm, like, protected or whatever. Um, (laughs) And then, but I also think it matches, like, my gender expression. Like, I have, like, a voice that is deep and that feels right to me. Um, Mm -hmm, But there are mm -hmm. certainly some folks who, like, don't have that. And we don't talk about any of this shit because we just have taken our – voices out of things for so long. And yeah, um
1: Yeah. Anyway. So this is this is so we I was um I feel like I just like keep like dropping in my work, which I'm not literally like not trying to do, but I've just been so busy lately that I feel like it's my like frame of reference for the things I'm talking about. But um I was doing this play up at Williamstown with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who became like a really good we were friends before, but we became really good friends over the summer. And we went on a hike and and then on his like Insta story that night he posted a picture of me like a video of me hiking and he was like cautious hiker and it was so interesting cuz i we were like walking over like a log over a stream and i thought i was being like it's just so interesting the psychology of the way i picture myself which again, I think is like learned from society, but I thought I was like being so budge. Like I was like, <laughs> I am crossing this log, like the stream's like flowing. Me. And then the video is literally like, I his caption was cautious hiker, but I literally was like teetering across this log so oh slowly. At one God. point, I sat down, like had both hands on it. I was like,
0: Oh my <laughs> it God. Like, it was so funny,
1: But I, but I was like, I when I saw the, I made me laugh. Like I was like, that's really funny that I that it, there's such a disconnect in my head from the way I picture myself doing things versus the way I move through the world. But you're right. If we don't, um, I mean, it's it, it does. You know, it's so interesting to, to talk about this with you as someone who is doing a podcast and like the voice without a picture is such a big thing. I guess as an actor, like I'm so conscious of the picture, but when people are like do gay actors need to play gay parts or can straight actors play them? But it is, we're buying into that very thing that we were talking about before, like body types and all that stuff of of like a certain um, heterosexuality being assigned, Mm -hmm. being given a value. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we all move differently and we all talk differently, but like there are certain identifiable Factors. I mean, there's of course like outliers, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: I, I do. I'm. I actually also. So I've done some animation, and the one that I've done the most frequently is this character called Ranger tabs That's on this show called We Bear Bears, and it's uh-huh. it's like truly. A, it's a wonderful show. Like it's on Cartoon Network, and adults could watch it and stuff. Um, but it's like truly. Also for kids, you know, it's it's like mm-hmm. not one of those like winky shows on Cartoon Network where it's like this is mostly for guys with beards, you know, like it's like <laughs> it's like it like, you know, and there's um, and this park ranger is friends with the main characters in sort of a protective way. But she's also uh, has she has like a like a brownie troop, like brownie Girl Scouts, but they're they're, they're called the Poppy Rangers. And so there, there's kids around her. So this character that I voice, and she's like very, um, she's drawn very like muscular and um, she like might make my voice deeper to do her voice and stuff. Very commanding. She always knows the answer. And the fact that, and I like love, I love um, the folks that work on this show. But the fact that it like honestly makes me almost tear up that they put her with kids because growing (laughs) up like that is exactly the kind of when we were fighting for like equality it mm-hmm. it would literally be like but gay adults don't get to be with kids. Like that would be like a full stop limitation. And she's yeah. not explicitly c- queer in the show. Like, but it's my voice, and it's my right. voice deeper, and it's my voice with kids. And like, and she,
1: she's she's the teacher. You said she's, she's like the, a mentor to them. Yeah, she's like the mentor, leader yeah. of
0: like a of like a Girl Scout troop essentially. Right. And right. so they have like fun, and and all the characters that are in this Girl Scout troop are also like awesome developed characters. There's a kid in the Girl Scout troop who has a bull haircut and an eye patch and I had a bull <laughs> haircut and an eye patch when I was a child. <laughs> when I saw the the, the um, storyboard I like basically burst into tears and was like wait, what? Like there's a kid with an eye. like And that just, it just happened to line up that way. But um, anyway, I just think about things like that like a kid growing up seeing that. Like mm-hmm. that you can trust a woman who wears like a uh, uh, a, range, a park ranger uniform and has like a deep voice. Like that is literally the antithetical messaging to what we yeah. got. And
1: it's That's amazing. fucking awesome
0: that it's in a kid's show. And yeah. it's not- And
1: that you get to do
0: it. yeah, that you are doing it. That's yeah, so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's also yeah. not- Like I'm reading all of this stuff in, you know, it's not like I it's not like I think that this is what the press release says. Um, But (laughs) I also like happy to read all this stuff in like we get to read shit in. Totally.
1: Well, I think that thing that you said, too, about um, that thing that you said about um, like seeing this this cartoon character even that looked like you you looked like as a kid and it made you want to burst into tears i think it's it's so important you know it's like i don't even know if we can fully explain what that is what why representation matters so much but i think we i think we know that it does you know like i think when we experience it it is it is like um it's it's so immense that we know that it's important. Like we, I mean, I think as human beings, and now I'm gonna get like real, real deep. Now I'm gonna be go, total go, Ravenclaw. Go, 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 go. That's right, Ravenclaw. He tears off his outfit. He's wearing a speedo. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, like like human beings, like we are designed to to like we're gre- gregarious. We want to be understood. We want to be around people. Like you know, I think it's like why we go to the theater like we want to experience life but we also want to experience it with other people you know and it's and so so to feel like because media is so important in our culture to to look at media and to never see yourself i think makes us think that we don't exist or that there's something wrong with us or we have to be Something else like, you know, and it's everything that we've been talking about. It's like if you go out to a beach and like there's 50 white bodies, you're like, oh, my body doesn't belong. Right, right. You know, and then so then you see like I had that experience like going to India as a teenager when I always already knew I wanted to be an actor. And you, you would be like, oh, God, everyone on the billboards. I mean, they're all like muscular and not. And, you know, there's a, there's a thing there too. <laughs> but I was like, oh, they look more like me than all the signage I'm seeing on the billboards in Tampa, Florida or whatever. And that it's so important to have that. And so, like like with, with my book, like I feel like I don't think a, a white straight kid won't be able to relate to it because I think the experience of feeling different or feeling less than or feeling like you're not good enough is universal. But I also think that it might have... Like, for a gay Indian kid or an Indian kid or a gay kid, just to be able to see a character who's like them is going to be important.
0: Absolutely. And for that white kid, it's also – what a great – I mean, we talk about it like it's like – I think I've said this on the show before. But we talk about it like it's like charity. Yes, I talked about this with with Roxanne Gay, where we talk about – I don't know. I just see that in culture all the time around this conversation. It's like, yeah, we're trying to like raise up other voices. And, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, (laughs) that white kid is actually going to have to live in a world where there are people of color and where there are Mm -hmm, queer people. mm -hmm. They might be queer themselves or there will be queer people around them. And we talk about it like it's not going to have a positive effect to just know that, you know, like that's the thing that I think is also funny because it's because we talk about it like. I mean, that's how we got the stupid fucking president is that we talk about it like if we just don't acknowledge that there are people of color, maybe they <laughs> won't be here. Like, that's like <laughs> I think that's literally still a thought process that is operating, you know, beneath the surface. And it's yeah. like, no, no, this is actually going to it's like everybody's already been here, but also it's going to like continue to. Um, right. It's denial. It's just folks just dis- like deciding that denial is a, an OK way to live in the world. Yeah, and it's, it, that's. um
1: I mean, I think on that end too. There's like a uh, this idea that we can systematically, like, literally systematically, like, get rid of people, like, yeah. deport people, and make, make you know, for the people who voted for Trump, I think. Yes. So it's like, I and mean, which is d- denial because there's no, there's that like that's not going to happen. There, this, this is. You don't not- think
0: we're going to go one by one individually <laughs> to every person's door and like. Well, I want to ask you, before I send I you back into your day, and I know you said that Oh, my that gosh. Your, this
1: time went so fast.
0: I know that you said—yeah, that yeah, it did. It was lovely to talk to you. Well, I like, likewise. It's really lovely to talk to you. So um, fun. I know that you talked about your um, anti-bullying campaign moving out of the White House. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. is that now? Like, where—what's What? What's happening with that right now? How yeah. can folks, like, learn more about it, or what's it under—
1: Oh my gosh, you're so nice to ask. Yeah, it's called, so it's, it's we're our own nonprofit. We just became, we actually just got our nonprofit status um, like six months ago. Congratulations. Um. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So when we first moved out out of the White House, it was me and two former White House people kind of like just doing our best to keep this thing alive. And I'll tell you, so so just real quick, the organization's called Act to Change, A-C-T-T-O, Change. Um, the website is acttochange.org. Um, and it's it's an you know the, it's an anti-bullying campaign focused on the unique needs of Asian American and Pacific Islander kids, but it is also an anti-bullying campaign that takes in the fact that you know no one exists in a vacuum, and so it really is for all kids. Because like we were saying earlier, I think that um, the ultimate goal is to is to create a world where diversity is celebrated. So we're not exclusionary that way. So hopefully, any um, kid who's experiencing bullying or any parents who uh, want to try to find help for their kids could can find something on our on our website. Um, and yes, you can make a donation there. And cool. <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated. But the, um, so it, for, when we first moved it out, it was like me and two people kind of like just doing our best to keep it afloat. And we did it partly because right as the election was happening, I had a meeting with... Um, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but with someone at the New York City Department of Schools, and we they they have this thing in New York every February called Respect for All, and they try to lift up organizations, and uh, schools actually, I think, compete to be the most respectful schools. Wow. And they were like, listen, we... It was in February of um, 2017, and so they were like, we don't know if we can um, put your campaign on our website if it's still a White House campaign because wow. it because it feels right. disingenuous yeah wow. and so <clears throat> that for me i mean that's not that's not that was not the impetus but it was those kinds of things where we're like this will never yeah work under this administration so i understand what you're um, saying yeah, i mean so we certainly it.
0: specifically with also the asian american pacific islander community like it's cuz i love that you're saying that it could work for all folks but i i also think that we are I mean, I live in California. <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you can go to American concentration camps that are like an hour from where I live. And mm-hmm. we act like that's not true. So um, yeah, as we, you know, look at our border, we also have to look at our history, our really recent history. And um, yeah, stuff can... You know, apply to all, but I'm really glad that it's also specifically focused. Yeah, that's I important. mean,
1: when we when we did these listening listening sessions around the country, we were like, "There's there's no um, there's no bullying campaign that's specifically talking about what happens when you bring foods that are different to school, or if, sure. if you pray differently, or if you wear a turban." Or if your parents, if other kids think your parents might not be citizens, or if they think you might not be a citizen, which we saw like so much of right after the election, mm-hmm. like kids kids telling other kids to go back to where they came from, which is like right. where where are they learning that from, you know? Right. So So there weren't, you know, there's there's being being gay, there's obviously like a lot of intersectionality around the things. You know, like as a kid um, I don't. I I wasn't like overtly bullied in like a physical way, but I was certainly made to feel different, and it wasn't just for being brown or just for being gay or just for being smaller than the other kids or just for having glasses or just, you know it was all those things together. But when we looked at like a lot of the um. LGBT, anti-bullying organizations, which are amazing and which I'm very heavily involved in, they also weren't speaking to these other needs in a way that we felt like was immediate and, and like useful to to young kids. So hopefully we're filling, filling that space.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for doing that work. <clears throat> and Thank you. Thanks. Before I send you back into your day, I just want to ask you if you want to shout out a Queero, which is like a person, place, or thing made you feel like you could be who you are today.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna shout out uh, I'm gonna shout out my husband.
0: Yay. Because, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Cause my my process to being I mean, I think maybe we all struggle with this, but I think my process to being uh comfortable being an openly gay actor um is something that he stood by me through and you know, I I basically started working um in like a visible way on television after we were together and so he went through all of that with me I have um, I have some extended family that's extremely uh, homophobic and have not met him and he's like been there for those struggles with me 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 too and you know so I feel yeah I started with meeting him Mm. and I am ending. that's beautiful (laughs) with with how amazing he is yeah he's also gonna be like you were such a cheese ball like please don't ever talk about me (laughs) on a podcast again
0: (laughs) (laughs) well Um, I loved speaking with you I hope you have a a wonderful rest of your day and I, I can't wait to read your book
1: Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. This was so fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm yeah. such a big fan. And I just, like just to say right back at you, like everything that you're doing in the space from like the stand up and the TV show to voicing oh. this cartoon character, which sounds amazing. It's just <laughs> it's really it's really fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh,
0: well that's extremely hard to hear. Now I'll have to take an elevator directly into the floor. OK. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh,
1: We're good. Yeah. Thank you. You rock. Yeah. Thanks. This is so fun. Yeah. yeah. Let's be in touch. I would love okay. that. Yeah, bye. Okay.